I'm Derek. You're Sean. This is the bike shed. Mm. Bling, bling. Uh, okay. Um, I'm ready. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Chris. And we're going to be talking about the products that we manage at ThoughtBot. I run an app called FormKeep, which provides form backends for designers and developers. And I, Chris, run Upcase, our subscription learning platform for aspiring web developers. Hey. Hi. How's it going? It's going all right. It's been a, an interesting week, but uh, yeah, we're, we're moving along. Mm. How about you? Good. It's been a good week. I felt like pretty positive. Some really cool things have happened. Nice. Yeah. You want to uh, lead off and talk about some of those cool things? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Formlinter.com is a thing. It's live. Oh, it's a different page. It's a different. Yeah, it's a different domain. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to that. But uh, what what is Formlinter.com, Ben? Uh, it is a place that you can go and enter in a URL, and it will look for a form on that page. And it will tell you issues that may be making it less accessible, uh, less successful. The goal is to increase conversions of whatever form you point it to. It will give you a grade, letter grade, as well as tell you what the issues are and help you fix them. Nice. So what uh, did you build your own backend for this? Or is there, you're probably hooking into some accessibility I'm not, chain? actually. Yeah, I did it all myself. All You wrote everything? That's a lot of code. Just about. It's not um, like you. Uh, yeah, it is. But there it is. <laughs> The core of the app was like detecting the accessibility stuff, or not the accessibility stuff, but just the issues in general, because it's more than accessibility. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah. Wait, so sorry, to be clear, you this is all from the ground up. You're not leveraging any external third-party libraries or things for the linting. Mm-mm. Oh, wow. I mean, except, yeah, like I'm using like Nokogiri to parse the thing. Right. You didn't write it in Haskell? No, no. <laughs> thought about it, and then was like, I don't really want to have a thing that I feel pressure to ship be the thing I'm working on in Haskell. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I'd rather have like my learning happen over here and my like time sensitive need to get Breakable stuff done and, and move the numbers stuff over there and keep them kind of separate. Yep. The issues we detect are not super complex because there's only so many issues. I mean, there's only so many issues that make sense to look at, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, or rather, yeah, we can give good feedback without a lot of work. So for instance, like, hey, there's no label for this input. Right. Hey, you have non-unique IDs. Uh, this form is super long. Do you know that this is what happens to conversions when you have more than N fields? Mm-hmm. Things like that. Uh, my, main qu- uh, my main reason for asking was I know that there are accessibility linting tools that exist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there was anything else in the forum space. And I don't know if you scoured the world for that or decided... Uh, not to use things that existed, or you didn't find anything, or I didn't scour the world. Um, I know we have we have a thing that is likely to sort of become a real product called Access Lint, mm-hmm. which looks at a whole bunch of issues beyond just forms, uh, and that uses something called something like called Core or something. There, there's some sort of tool for this that is a JavaScript npm thing, and I was kind of like, eh, <laughs> not gonna do that. So um, not invented in a language that isn't JavaScript. It's a terrible acronym, but that's what that's part of what happened here. Yeah, that was one thing. I was like, okay, I'm aware of that, but I don't want to use it. Um, I wanted to do a thing that was like going to statically anal- analyze things, like go grab the form, pull it down, and then analyze it, as opposed to like now you have to like run this over here or something. Run it in Phantom or some other browser-like yeah. environment and render yeah. it, and yeah. So it does limit the things we can detect, mm-hmm. but uh, I think it de- we're detecting interesting enough things that it was mm-hmm. it worked out okay. Some other stuff like if you have, we look for things like, oh, you have a field or you have an input 
and its ID includes like password or URL or phone or whatever, and you're, you're using a plain old like text type on the input. Maybe you want to use the new HTML5 hotness types uh, for various reasons. For various reasons. Yeah. Well, that's uh, so live. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. live. Live. All right. Awesome. Congratulations on shipping. Thank you. There are still some some rough edges. I'm I'm working on one of the the last biggest ones right now, but it is in fact out there and, and can be used. Spiffy. Mm-hmm. So I got to ask about the choice to put it on its own distinct domain. Mm-hmm. What's going on there? So the original idea for doing this was from the Traction book uh, by Gabe Weinberg. I think it is. Okay. And somebody else. So they call this engineering as marketing which is, can you build some sort of interesting standalone tool that will drive leads for your normal business? Right. And they recommend putting it on its own domain. I guess it gives it more authority in people's eyes. Like, if you went to formkeep slash formlinter, uh, it's pretty clear that that is like a <laughs> a smaller part of our existing business thing or something. Or it's like, it's got our branding on it and whatnot. And mm-hmm. so they recommend, they said it gave it more heft in people's mind to be on its own domain. Huh. It's interesting. My my uh, perhaps naive intuition would be by doing that, it's very hard to then confer whatever domain authority you'll gain there. Like the links that go to formlinter.com, you'll probably have a link on there to formkeep. But, Already there, yeah. But it won't yes, be nearly This is not an SEO thing. Right. It's a, um, so we have a powered by formkeep footer with a little pitch for formkeep mm-hmm. on the footer of all the pages. And also on the results page, we have a if you liked this, do you want to check out our five day, our free five day course on uh, designing forms that convert better? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we drive, we can drive you into our mailing list from there as well. So the goal is leads more than SEO. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not necessarily sold on the idea that you lack authority, not in the domain sense, but in the like. Well, this is obviously just a marketing play because it's on formkeep.com. Because it, my guess is. If you're looking for leads, these are people that don't necessarily know about you already. Mm-hmm. And so if they get linked to like, hey, you need to check if your form works, they end up on a page. That page is sparsely branded for FormKeep and mostly is just focused on the tool. Mm-hmm. I think you could get by. And I think I've run into a number of those in the wild before. But yeah, those are just my initial thoughts. And granted, I you know I moved a domain recently and it went iffy. So <laughs> yeah, trust me. So I much. had this. I had the same impulse about like, wouldn't it be better to have like links pointing to our domain? Mm-hmm. Um, but the book was definitely recommended this, and I was like, all right, fine, book. I will take your opinion and mm-hmm. run with it and see how it goes. It's always something we could move, I guess. <laughs> but who would do that? That seems like a big waste of time. <laughs> That would be a much easier move than uh, other moves that I've seen in the past. You're basically mm-hmm. just forwarding all stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you could benefit from SEO stuff at this point because there hasn't been a ton of work. Like right now you have some links from ThoughtBot, which are good. ThoughtBot's a nice uh, demand on the internet. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing the rest of the internet isn't sending you a ton of stuff. And this is a unique target, I think, that might get a little bit more in the way of links than, say, FormKeep in general. Right. Uh, and so I'm hoping lots of people link to it, right? For sure. But I hope that then to like turn those people into leads via different means than just like, oh, now we have greater SEO mm-hmm. benefits from it. We'll see. This is actually a fairly common thing of like putting it on its own domain. Um, like for instance, HubSpot has inbound.org, I think it is, which is like this very thriving community of people that are doing like content marketing. Mm-hmm. And it basically doesn't say anywhere that it's a HubSpot joint. But HubSpot owns it and runs it. And actually, did they build it or did they acquire it? Uh, I don't know. Actually, I assume they built it. But like they're also staffing it basically. So it's like 
lots of people talk, seem to be talking about HubSpot on this thing that's just for talking about how do you do content marketing. <laughs> what a coincidence. Um, so, And I also looked at some other tools that were like this, uh, and a lot of them did seem to end up on their own domains. And so I was like, all right, I will cargo called this decision. There we go. And see how it goes. Well, you have reasons, and that's all we can hope for. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So well, again, congrats on shipping. That's thank you. Exciting. Feels good. And you uh, you demoed for me and showed me that uh, Upcase's sign up form gets an A minus, which I'm happy with because I've done some weird stuff to that thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I threw some JavaScript at it, and I know how you feel about JavaScript. And I'm pretty sure any form linting tool you would make would be biased against JavaScript. That's true. I don't have an explicit check for JavaScript yet, but pretty soon. <laughs> By definition, I don't think you can because of the way you're oh, working it. true. Uh-oh. I can look for a script tag. You can. And, I mean, if my form didn't work without JavaScript, then you would have noticed that and would have said, like, your form doesn't have a submit button. What's going on? That's true. And that would be a problem. That is and a thing would, we detect. Yeah. If you have that goofy JavaScript submit thing, like, no. Like JavaScript to capture and, and yeah, stuff that's not good. Yeah, you need yeah. To, like yeah, you need an explicit in, submit input on yep. the thing or we're going to tell you that you should have one and why. Agreed. Yep. Well, again, glad I uh, I passed muster. For now, until we <laughs> add more checks. That's the other thing is like it's it's kind of it's going to be nice because we can just always add new stuff as mm-hmm. we discover like oh hey this is a, a way that some forms are broken right or like if people need support on Formkeeper like how come my form doesn't work I'm like ah actually <laughs> that's so funny I don't think I'm detecting one of those things that is a common issue which is a missing name attribute on an input hmm. that's funny. <laughs> that was the original like I believe the uh, the logic the goes if you're not embarrassed by uh, the version that you ship then you ship too late something, uh, yeah something akin to that yeah something like that well yeah. it's, it's just funny to me because the original the original seed of the idea was like how do I stop getting support requests for people that have fairly obvious form issues mm-hmm. and I was like ah this and then the, final, the current version does not solve that initial problem mm-hmm. that's funny but here we are. <laughs> here we are. So we'll see. Uh, there has not been a flood of leads yet uh, after pushing it to live, which is weird. We might have to actually market this thing like it's its own thing. Uh-oh. So we'll see. Cool. Yeah. Anything else? That is the big thing. I mean, that's the big sort of public thing. The other stuff is that there's been like machina- machinations. Machinations? I think it's Mac. I don't know. Our language doesn't have a consistent pronunciation. It's a problem. Right. That's aside from the point. Yeah. There have been workings about... Uh, how the product work at ThoughtBot is going to look over the next quarter or two. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've been like wheeling and dealing basically <laughs> to affect that in the last couple of days. And it's looking good. I think we're basically going to be having more people do product work is Yay. how it looks. Um, so more kinds of people on more kinds of products. And I'm optimistic to what that will entail. Uh, it's not the done deal yet, so it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to talk about too much. Right. But I'm actually hoping that within not too long, I will have other stuff to talk about on the podcast, basically. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably just leave it at that, that there will be more interesting product work happening and yep. maybe more people or maybe more more thoughts or topics and whatnot. Yeah. And I guess the, the one thing that we can say that's more broadly applicable and less thought specific about that is uh, you and I have had a number of conversations as a result of this. And I think there's been a ton of value in just trying to define and delineate the values that we bring to bear when we're building a product. Like, yeah. Are we doing these things for profit? Well, not no, but not yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how much? What is the goal? And I think we largely came around to the idea that the goal is to get more thought botters onto products and mm-hmm. working in this world and learning these sort of things and sharing that back uh, and just getting kind of a, a chance and at bat with these sort of things. And so clarifying that, super useful, and then figuring out where each of our products fit within that and how we can best work towards that. And uh, I think there's been some really good conversations in there. Uh, so in the sense of 
where can other people, I don't know, not learn, but take something away from this sort of work. It's have conversations about the the bigger picture and the why, and that can really inform a lot of the work. Definitely. Yeah. Ha- nailing down the why was the most, probably one of the most important parts. Yep. Um, and it was funny because I assumed it was one thing and then talking to everybody else, everyone else assumed it was something else. Mm-hmm. And so we were never going to come to a, like a plan that made sense when yep. we each have different ideas of what the core goal is. So. And the core goal of like, hey, products are interesting and fun to work on. And compared to like your average client project, it's really nice to be able to work on a thing that has, you know, only had ThoughtBotters touch the code. And, you know, we're sort of, I think we're good clients to work for mm-hmm. uh, as product managers. And so it's a, almost like a perk. And that I think is kind of crazy and wonderful at the same time. Like, it's like, it's like, who, who does that? Like, who operates like that? And it's like, nobody, basically, I think. But we do. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty great. I'm into it. I like that as a goal. Like the goal is like get more people, like let yep. more people have the fun of working on interesting tools. Yeah. And I think in addition to that for us as I think we're product consultants first and foremost, we have to right. be designers or developers, but now having essentially run a product for the past six months and worked on it for a little over a year now, I have a lot more empathy for every product manager that I'll have a conversation with in the future. And mm-hmm. I understand the many different things that need to be taken into account when making any decision with regard to a product. It's right. not just about code. It's not just about testing. It's There's a big, big picture there. And so the better that we can share that back with uh, the rest of the folks here at ThoughtBot and get more people into that headspace, yep. I think that's a win for everybody. Totally. So. That's, a, that's a great point. That's a better way of putting it, too. It's like that's there. there, there are real benefits to be drawn from this, too. It's not just like a this is fun. Well, I mean, I love that ThoughtBot is a company that's about let's make the best place to work and still be profitable and all of that. But really, like as a, I, I don't know if we ever got to a place where ThoughtBot as a whole had done this whole value thing. That was in work, like a mission statement yeah. sort of thing. But yeah. the one that mostly stands out for me is let's make a great place to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, particularly Chad represents this whenever I hear him talking on a podcast or giving more of a kind of broad company, where are we, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. That's the thing that comes through. And so the fact that that trickles down into the products definitely makes sense too. Yep. So yeah, it's, it's been good stuff. I've enjoyed those conversations. Yeah, same. And so I'm, I'm excited because I think interesting stuff will fall out of it. I think there'll be some cool podcast fodder coming mm-hmm. out of these things. I cool. think that's it for me for this week. All right. I've got kind of a grab bag of stuff. Um, so one of the main things this week was bourbon marketing. Some work got done on that. A little bit more uh, will come in the coming weeks, but been pushing a little bit more on our internal channels. So we have Twitter, both ThoughtBot and Upcase, trying to get a few more mentions out on that. And I've definitely seen that thing of my initial inclination would be to mention it once on Twitter and never talk again, kind of go back to working. That's obviously not a great thing, uh, so we're mentioning it a few more times. Same thing, we've sent out emails, and now my plan is next week to follow up with those who never open the email. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the drip recommendation of the single most effective thing is that. Uh, And so that's our broader newsletter segment. So planning to do that, but I've also collected and started to do a little bit of, I don't know that outreach is quite the right word, but we're on Hacker News, Design News, uh, a place in Reddit, few other places so my goal is gather those together and then next week reach out to thoughtbot and say hey folks let's all come together and try and promote this stuff Mm -hmm. Um, so i have that and then i have a list of uh, individuals and organizations that i think would be good to reach out to and so i've sent one or two of those and i've got a few more that i want to send no idea what my expected rate of return will be on reaching out because that's sort of a new thing for me but Mm -hmm. um 
I'd say I'm mostly happy with the work I've done on that and the outcomes insofar as we have them so far. This is a relatively new trail, uh, but we're seeing a little bit more consistency in the amount of new people showing up to look at the course compared to some of our other launches. Mm. Other launches had much more of a singular spike and then the long tail of people just using the trail after that. This is seeing a little bit more of continued effort and that's really the goal. Mm. Um, I'm also, now that I've gotten into this mind space, one of the things that I did was I searched for, well, who's already talking about bourbon? Mm. Uh, and I found a few particular places where someone wrote a tutorial that's like, hey, I, I wrote this tutorial. It's the best thing I could come up with. There's scarce little on the internet about this topic. Mm. And so that's obviously someone to reach out to. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that's more of sort of, I, I think, long tail marketing in the sense of I'm hoping to get them to put a link to the course into their content. Mm-hmm. And that hopefully is sort of evergreen. It's not like this new thing, it's new, it's Hacker News, it's going to spike and then immediately drop off. Uh, Hopefully that will point some traffic uh, to that page and give that page, you know, if you search for bourbon tutorial, I would like us to be very high in those results. Mm -hmm. And reaching out to those individuals uh, seems like a meaningful thing. But immediately as I did that, I was like, wait, people are probably talking about Git like this as well and Tmux and Vim. And so uh, I started to get really excited and then I was like, wait, nope, focus do the one thing that you're doing. So I, I scaled back and I'm focusing on bourbon, but I like that idea as a way, just general outreach and, and link building, that. link building it. as it is. Uh, it's something I've been talking with the marketing team about as well. Um, so figuring out how to do that on a broader scale will be coming in the next few weeks, hopefully, but for now focusing on bourbon and trying to get a few links. Nice. I think you're definitely going to want to give the people that you ask for a link, a copy of it for free. Yes. Otherwise, how, they can't, I'm not going to be able to feel good about recommending it. Yep. Yeah. So the, the mechanism that I'm trying to figure out is if I can get their GitHub name, then I can say like, all you need to do is auth with GitHub and you've got a free account. Use it for whatever you want, but there you go. Um, so I have to find out their GitHub name, but beyond that, I, I can do that and give them just a free access and say, you can check it out and frankly, check out anything else on the site. Enjoy yourself. Uh, but yeah, that's the plan. Mm-hmm. This sounds like a good thing. So Dan's having some people do growth rotations. This would be a good thing for their list of things to do, I think. Because hmm. there's nothing spe- special about you doing this. <laughs> yes. Well, with the exception that I want to get better at it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you, if you, if but you, like that yeah. doesn't mean if they do it, they'll be hiding from me. I would love to kind of watch and see, particularly with Dan. You know, what is Dan suggesting? What are Dan's thoughts on this? I th- I think you'll you you might run into some resistance of people linking to paid content. Yep. Um, when you do, if you do uh, make a course public, like fully free. That would be a really great target for this sort of outreach, I think. Yes, that, that's another kind of longer aspect of what I'm thinking about here. Um, but yeah, that's the idea is have something that is a particular target for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, next week has, I, I've got sort of one last round of marketing efforts planned for next week. And then we've got the next course basically lined up after that. So I want to kind of keep moving and... Uh, I have them roughly scheduled out for every four weeks I want to be releasing. That will be very aggressive compared to previous schedules, but I really I think it's important to get to that, to be purposeful in, so we do a couple weeks of marketing, immediately we're into the next one, prepping that ready for launch. So that's, that's the plan there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week was also filled with some content stuff. So particularly next week, we'll be recording the weekly iteration. So trying to pull that together and again, trying to pull in more ThoughtBot voices, not just me. So for this coming week, I have arranged so that I have to prepare none of them, Mm. which is exciting. Uh, Or I'm not directly preparing it. I'm working with each of the people and having meetings and 
sort of acting as editor is the best or director whatever Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. along those lines but um this won't be me talking authoritatively about some content which i think is good there's a lot of me on there right now Mm -hmm. Um, but so that'll happen next week and then i've started planning out the next few recording sessions and trying to think about how i can get even more people here Uh, and also what larger courses do we want to be doing so Mm -hmm. it's more of a higher level strategic thing yeah, actually, more broadly, one of the things that I'd hoped to do this week was give myself a little bit of room to step back, uh, kind of get out of the busy trap, and just think about what's what's next, what's coming for Upcase. Mm-hmm. Um, we had been working for an extended period uh, on content, but also on a sort of scope of work that our marketing team had prepared. Mm-hmm. A lot of acquisition-facing stuff, and we're basically through that now, so we're trying to revisit and rethink and figure out what comes next mm-hmm. um and there's a we're coming up with a lot of good ideas things that i'm excited about you kind of hinted at one of them earlier of let's make a course free maybe for a week maybe forever uh and see what we can do with that as a marketing channel mm-hmm. um but that plus a whole bunch of other things related to teams and other channels and things like that and uh additionally work within the product and all of that so Excited about what's coming. Uh, feel good about actually just kind of taking that time and giving myself a little bit of room to think. A little bit, well, I, I didn't do as much this week as other weeks, but mm. you know, very purposefully trying to be okay with that and calm that voice in my head. Um, metrics and analytics, man, they went crazy this week. Yep. Uh, so we, after the domain transition, we've talked about this for the past few weeks, the data in Google Analytics just kind of fell off a cliff which did not match to what we were seeing in subscription rates as well as just other event-based stuff. Uh, So after multiple rounds of trying to figure it out, our marketing team was just like, what if you didn't have segment put Google Analytics on the page and we did it via a more traditional mechanism? My initial reaction was like, no, that can't be the problem. I don't want to do that. I like having segment as our single hub for all that stuff. Nah. But finally, I'm, they're the experts on this. I had to trust their intuition. They've run into issues with Segment before. We made the switch. It seems to have fixed it. So Google mm-hmm. Analytics is now actually served through Google Tag Manager. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, stuff, it's, it's stacks on stacks on so analytics. So still not loading it directly? No. no why would I do works. that? Why, why would one do that? Okay. Uh, I think Google probably recommends Google Tag Manager as the preferred mechanism right now. And that's the like triple a supported version mm-hmm. uh, because they want you using that that's another that's basically their segment and so i think they want you to opt into that uh but that seemed to fix it so now i'm in the place of how much do i care and do i want to uh essentially diff the two versions so turn back on segment compare the actual code that gets injected into the page and see if i can spot a difference uh i don't like that now we're in a place where deploys and code changes and things might have to happen and that we've like segment is broken it's a questionable source of truth now and yet i still rely on it for a lot of other things Hmm. so in a weird place with that but google analytics is in theory back to normal but now everything's in question yeah uh similarly bare metrics our source for uh revenue data also just had this weird blip uh seemingly i lost 800 dollars in monthly recurring revenue in a day which would have been the single largest drop in a single day i didn't i didn't like opening the graph and seeing that i mm-hmm. can say that uh but because it was so large i decided to look at the breakout and try and understand what happened what changed here mm-hmm. and the breakout for that day said something like you lost 50 dollars net I was like, well, those are different numbers. Mm-hmm. So I looked around a little bit more, tried to see if maybe it was a team-related thing, which would move data in a larger way, but mm-hmm. nothing really made sense. 
So I got in touch with them, and since then they put up a status alert saying like, yes, stuff went weird, we're fixing it. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're currently in the fixing phase. So uh, I still plan to report my data at the end of this episode, but it's not good. Don't know that it's real though. So. Right, yes, I'm similarly affected. I don't, I haven't, I don't know. I don't think it's legit, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, per their own math, it's not legit. So I'm just hoping it puts me back into a better place, but nonetheless, I think looking at the overall data, we're still not in a great place. We're uh, losing more subscribers than we're gaining, which is a little bit odd. I would have expected to hit a plateau and kind of stay. And maybe what I'm seeing is actually noise bouncing around a plateau point, but it does look as though we're, we're almost drifting down a little bit. Mm which would be unfortunate. Um, hmm. And, you know, it's a big, complex machine that moves slowly and hard to pin that down, but... I wonder if I wonder if seasonality isn't a factor here. It's quite possible. Uh, we're coming into summer. We're in summer. Yeah, like I wonder if uh, you looked at, like, last year, it, was there a dip in June? Yeah. This, this time period? I mean, our, our data, there's so much else going on in our data at any given point, right. I think. Like, oh, well, that's where we made this change, and this is where we did that, that trying to actually find seasonal differences. I might be able to find something. I might be lying to myself by finding it. But yep. Yep. Uh, one thing that we we believe to be true is that this is more of a professional tool. So as people move to the summer, I could see more people canceling because they, quote, unquote, don't have time. That's the mm -hmm. most common cancellation reason for mm -hmm. me. Uh, and that could align with the summer very well. So maybe, actually, that sounds good. I like that. Let's run with that. Uh, yeah, I would love to have more of a clear answer on this, but I don't know that I'm ever going to get that. So uh, one nice update that we did get to the site, we have team plans with an upcase. So someone can manage a team, and then they can invite their colleagues to join the team. Mm -hmm. That sends out an email. And then, unfortunately, weirdness happens. They basically, sh I, I think if they're logged in, it might do something normal. Uh, mostly there's some complexity there. We have this whole model within the system called an acceptance, and they're creating an acceptance. And mm -hmm. we get a lot of support requests related to this. Not a lot, but per how often the feature is used, we get a lot of support requests. Mm. Uh, a lot of times people are confused because they've signed in historic like sometime in the past with Upcase, but now they're being presented with a form that says, what's your GitHub username and what's your password? When they type in their GitHub username, it says that is already taken by them in mm. the past. Mm -hmm. And then some people, unfortunately, have also typed in their GitHub password there, <laughs> which just the the layers of uh, not awesomeness there mm. that, that our application was presenting to users. Uh, so we decided this week, let's fix this. This feels like an important one. Uh, this is one of those, I got the support request twice within a short window, which is like, fine. This is broken enough. We're fixing it now. Mm -hmm. uh, so Gabe and I thought it through and realized it actually feels like it, it uh, can collapse down into a much simpler context. If a user signed in, cool. When they click that link in their email, they have now been joined. They, they joined the team. That's it. If they're not signed in, make them sign in. Then they join the team. That's it. Uh, we also did a little bit of analysis. And since the update on the checkout where we really optimized for the GitHub login, 98% mm -hmm. of users are logging in with GitHub. Uh, so that, that feels like a good number. So we decided this particular login, only GitHub. That's it. Just one button, nothing confusing. The only thing you can possibly do is log in with GitHub. Mm. Uh, there's potentially a very small number of users that will not be able to log in at that point, but we require a GitHub username anyway. So mm. felt like a relatively safe thing. 
and it's drastically simpler. Got to delete a ton of code for this. Nice. Which That's is always cool. nice. Uh, and hopefully this will minimize support requests in the future and also make the team plan a little bit more straightforward, which is our highest value uh, plan segment. So anything that we can do to improve that gets a thumbs up from me. Hmm. Interesting. Um, well, it's, I'm, just, I'm just thinking you're like, we talk a lot about what we're doing for individual people, like how you're targeting them and helping them and all that. And teams are your best customers. Yes. You're implying I should be doing more with teams. Maybe. Yes, definitely right. Totally agree. I believe I remember the first day I joined the project. That was a conversation that we had. Mm -hmm. We were in this very room chatting about things. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, teams deserve a look, deserve more effort and emphasis. And um, the thing that they do is churn less. That's mm -hmm. what makes them so valuable. They're actually, there's a discount for teams, but uh, overall, they tend to stick around a good bit longer. Mm -hmm. So the more of them we can get, the better. And the average revenue per account, I imagine, is much higher with teams. Yes. Because they're selling at multiple people. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of benefits. Uh, so they're definitely on that strategy list that we're thinking about uh, amongst a bunch of other things. But teams are definitely something. Um, how do we find more folks that will fit into that bucket? Lastly, I've started work into a new onboarding campaign. So you sign up for Upcase. We send you some emails. Right now, there's this sort of random scattering of emails that we've written at various points. There's not necessarily a sequence to them. There's not necessarily a uh, cohesive logic. There's basically like there's one about the forum and there's one about exercises and there's one about uh, the Upcase repo on GitHub, but they're all kind of disjoint and have been written by various people at different times. So the goal here is to bring those all together to actually apply some goals, some A-B testing, all that fun stuff. Uh, so the one thing, and I actually want to, we're going to do a live take on this, is I'm pretty clear about a bunch of the emails. There are a number of features of the system that I want to emphasize, and uh, somewhat nicely, they actually all have clear goals that I can associate. Mm -hmm. So within Intercom, it has a mechanism for saying, send out this email, this is the goal. Uh, and that will allow me to track the effectiveness of that email relative to the goal, not just clicks or opens, but did it achieve the stated goal? Uh, so most of them actually have a very clear idea of what that is, and we can even A-B test to kind of optimize towards that. Mm -hmm. But the question is the first email. What should the first thing that I send to uh, some, a new subscriber be? Uh, and the thing that I'm leaning towards is actually informed by our conversation last week where you're talking about the dance coach and the particularly the questions of like, why are you here? Mm -hmm. What is your goal? What are you looking to get out of this? Mm -hmm. um, so I could definitely go with that. And then the goal would be to get a response mm. from that user. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm wondering, does that make sense? Or does it make sense to say like, hey, welcome to Upcase. Here's how you can immediately go do a thing that you will find valuable. Uh, sort of a hybrid, I think. All right. Um, this is something that I'm planning for FormKeep. Mm-hmm. So I want to improve our activation rates. Mm -hmm. And so my idea is to, as soon as you give us your credit card and hit submit, we say, thanks, you're all set. Welcome to FormKeep. What is your goal? And have them pick one. So it's like, is your goal, I'm just kicking the tires. I want to see how it works. I have a form already that I want to send data to FormKeep. I'm starting from scratch. I don't have a form. Like pick basically the top three to four things that they're likely to be mm -hmm. um, trying to do. And then let their, and like have them actually click on something. And then let that selection guide the rest of the onboarding. Interesting. So collecting the goal is something you could do already. Mm -hmm. And then that first email can be based on the goal. All right. So you were saying that's right after they give you a credit card. So this is someone who's actually paid and is now, mm -hmm. or is in the trial. That's I guess. the idea. You're, you're still in trials, right? right? You're still, yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, app code that you wrote for that. Correct? I haven't written this. This is the idea. Okay. This is an idea. 
we have a welcome page right now, which describes some of the functionality. Right. Um, talks about you. Hmm? Talk, it talks about you. It talks about Upcase. Yeah, that's largely true. You say as if you weren't involved in writing it. <laughs> I'm just pointing it out. Uh, yeah. Um, I did write it. We. We wrote it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, it feels clear to me in retrospect that this is a, this will be a win. Mm-hmm. Or not in retrospect. I, my, my guess is, I have strong suspicions this will be a big win. Yep. People that have different goals should be treated differently. They should get different emails. They should see different screens. The yeah. screen should have different things on them. And right now, we have one onboarding flow. You basically do two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that doesn't respect the fact that there are different people. Yeah. Um, well, I guess my thinking right now is I don't know exactly what the, the breakdown, like, all right, so if I'm going to do this, then mm-hmm. there are, say, three different paths that I should clearly delay. So, like, start here, do this, do this, mm-hmm. or this sequence, or this sequence. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily clear on what those are right now. So, mm-hmm. what I'm thinking is the do things that don't scale sort of idea of I'm just going to have that conversation in person with people. Mm-hmm. And so, I guess I'm trying to think through what's the best way to elicit a meaningful response, but then also not stop them. Because what you're describing is an automated sequence that says, cool, that's your goal, here is the next thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like the idea of starting with what are you interested in and getting getting that and then starting a conversation with them, but mm. then I don't want to be the bottleneck there and telling them how to best get value out of Upcase. So for the time being, I'm trying to figure out a way that I optimize between those two. I think what you're describing longer term definitely makes sense. That's the, the end goal is this nice automated guided path. Yeah, and I think we'll probably do something similar because I think I have a good handle on what the initial goals are going to be, but mm-hmm. that might not be true. And so to me, like step the first step is actually to start just collecting them. Mm-hmm. Like well, as soon as they sign up, give them just a form, which is like, which of these five things are you interested in doing? Thanks, right. we got it, cool. And then maybe follow up with them via email or mm-hmm. something, uh, which is like what you're saying. Yep. Uh, but then we'll sort of figure out what the, the front runners are and then offer more automated versions for those. And that all makes sense. Sounds like we're in a similar place on yeah. a similar adventure. Yeah. I haven't seen anyone do this exactly in mm. onboarding. I think they sort of, I mean, and maybe, I mean, all, all onboarding, I think if you're doing a good job of it, you've thought of what people want have as a goal. Like you've decided like the average person wants to do this. Right. And so I should guide them to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, only occasionally have I seen, I think maybe Drip does this, where they segment you a bit. Like, like are you trying to sell a recurring thing or mm-hmm. do you have like an e-commerce thing like they, they offer a couple different paths upon that and i think that is a good i like the strategy for them you know in general but i think it's not super common and i'm surprised yeah i guess there's lots of things that could be relevant like in my particular case of are you part of a team or are you an individual just hoping to brush up your skills are you look? do you have a job are you looking to get a job right yeah i think there's interesting stuff here mm-hmm especially if because I, I think we've talked about like how there's a lot of content on upcase yeah so if you can if someone says i want to brush up my whatever it's yep. like okay here are the three things you should start with and like yep. give them a really good experience right away and then once they feel comfortable they can like now go exploring in the, the right. wild world yeah i think largely the idea of having tracks in upcase is loosely the term because trail is already taken uh that i'm thinking of uh so like i want to learn testing and giving someone a clear starting point of this is the first thing you should do. When you have completed that, do this next, Mm -hmm. do this next. And I've given answers like that manually. Like people have written in to ask for help, clarification on that. Uh, So what I wanna get to is let's let's have that conversation a little bit more, aggregate the results and then start. So I think my goal is to get as many responses to this as possible and particularly with the idea of giving them a starting point within the products. 
so I'm trying to figure out what's the wording, what's the 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 kind of call to action to get them to respond to me with, here's who I am, here's a little bit of my story. I would like to, you know, testing seems like the most important thing to me, and then I can reply with how they start on the upcase journey of testing. Yeah, I think you could just block them, just send them to a form, and it's like we need to know these two things about you, who you are, and what you're mm-hmm. trying to do. And then, thanks, we got it. We'll be in touch soon. For now, here's the catalog. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you email them and say, hey, I think you should start here. Yep. Or something. Yeah. Makes sense. We've solidified down our marketing email sequence. So this is if you're not a subscriber, but you come and you watch some videos and things like that. We'll send you a couple emails introducing Upcase and what's on it. They tend to convert reasonably well, but they don't get opened much. So we are doing some subject tests. Mm. Uh, we have A-B tests running for each of the emails in the sequence on Drip. Uh, it's nice. This is one where it's got like a little graph and I can see all the things. I'm not just guessing at A-B testing. I like mm. graphs. So mm-hmm. excited to have that. Uh, I think that about sums it up for this week. So last week, Gabe's on the project. So I will be on my own for the next week and a half. And then Jeff Harcourt will be starting after a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a pleasure having Gabe on the project. Uh, it'll be a little lonely for a week and a half, but then we'll uh, we'll get Jeff in here and hopefully bring some new ideas and shake things up. And we'll Welcome see how that goes. Welcome to my world. <laughs> you're uh i think you're better at bringing other people into the project than i am though picking up people off the bench and getting some help from them did you see the unbooked slack room i did not Ooh. yeah this is a new experiment there's a slack room just for if you don't have a project currently you can go hang out in there and then if you are a person that has a project that needs people you can be like hi please help me hmm it's a cool idea yeah i like it yeah too many slack rooms though oh like, well. like 300 something what are you gonna do cool i think that might be it yeah. You want to do some questions? Let's do some questions. Why is your product better for customers than last week? Oh, I'm going to start. Okay. Um, the improvements to the team invites are the main things. Uh, main thing that stands out. Cool. What have you done to acquire more customers since last week? Some marketing of the bourbon course with more to come. Yep. Uh, what did you do well that you should repeat? Starting. Uh, there were a number of things that have been stuck for a while that have been on a list that I really should do. Oh, I really need to get back to that person. Um, I really want to break ground on X. Uh, and I did that well this week. Very happy with the starting that I did. What do you think made the difference? I don't know. It was sort of the purposeful committing to it, saying, like, I'm just, I'm sick of these things being here. I'm going to push through. And it's it's very much that case of, I don't know, fear of the unknown or whatever, however you want to describe it. But it's, you build it up in your head to be much bigger than it is. And then you finally get to do it. And you're like, oh, that only took 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, doing things in the morning, that's definitely important. Uh, kind of matching my natural energy to the work to be done. So like marketing tasks, I've decided need to be done in the morning. Hmm. Uh, I can have meetings in the afternoon. I'm fine with that because meetings, I tend to be more energized in meetings. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes me... What's the word? Um, extroverted? Yeah, extroverted. Maybe I'm an extrovert, but uh, meetings will naturally bump up my energy level and I can do that fine. But things where it takes, there's kind of a startup cost, uh, those work really well for me in the morning. So trying to structure my day in that way and then just be purposeful and say like, just got to do this. This needs to be done. Hmm. Uh, so happy with that. Cool. Uh, what did you do less well that you should reduce? And this is the counterpoint, which is finishing. <laughs> so I started a lot of things. There's a lot of balls uh, in the air now. Want to commit to finishing a bunch of them now. So there's a, too many moving pieces and want to try and clean that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you hope to do by next time? Uh, let's see. So continued marketing, particularly with some outreach on bourbon. Lock in the new welcome trail, transition to that, and record the weekly iteration. What's the welcome trail? Uh, not the welcome trail, the welcome onboarding email sequence. Okay. 
And what was the last thing? Record the weekly iteration. Cool. That won't uh, happen. Regardless, that's sort of a train that leaves the station with me, but it'll leave the train, the station. Mm-hmm. So, gotta hit those deadlines. Yeah. Uh, what is your MRR? I'm not sure, but yeah. let's say. So let's let's give the answer because hopefully next week I can say JK that that wasn't real. Uh, Thirty four four ninety one, which is a drop of five hundred and seventy seven dollars from last time, also known as one point six percent. Okay. Which hurt. Yeah. But I don't know that I believe it. So hopefully yeah. next time we'll say it wasn't true. Hopefully indeed. All right, Ben, uh, how is your product better for your subscribers than it was last week? So I had one of those things that was had finally gotten enough support requests, and I was like, I should just do this. Mm-hmm. And, and in the end, it took you know, 30 minutes and has been and is so great, uh, which is um, giving people the ability to disable uh, spam checking on a single form. Right. Uh, we Our spam checking is like, okay, mm-hmm. it's decent. For some people, it works very poorly, and right. it just gives them tons of false positives, and the filter doesn't seem to update fast enough for mm. or whatever reason. It just doesn't get to a point where it's working well. So for those folks, they now have the option to just opt out entirely. Yeah, false positives are real bad as well. Yeah. That's a that's a very bad failure it's mode. great. But so. now they can turn it off, which is cool. And it's something – and it was funny because when I finally shipped that, I was talking to Josh Steiner, who's been, who like used to work on FormKeep a long time ago, and he's like, oh, yeah, people have been asking that from, for, the, for that from the beginning. <laughs> yep. So it's been – that like 25 minute feature has been being asked for for years mm-hmm. and we finally just shipped it so. do you do anything to try and track support requests and like what's common yeah no what's... but it's right. probably worth doing like to look back over the last month it would be handy to say wow that's we got four things about yeah. this stupid whatever i just kind of keep it in my head right now i mean i think there's a way to just review them all and so you could do it in that's batches true. and say like i'm going to review the last thousand and categorize them <laughs> the last all right that's thousand. a lot but well, you know why not the last million <laughs> Every month, I review the last million support requests. Just very just thorough. Look, of you. For, look for trends. Uh, what did you do to get more subscribers? Uh, Formlinter is live. Formlinter.com. Tell your friends. Formlinter.com. Share your form grade. <laughs> Tell your parents. Viral linting marketing. Yeah. We post automatically to your Facebook feed and tag your mom. All right. This is getting away from us. Uh, what did you do well that you should continue? Uh, I got in early a few times this week, and it was great. Mm-hmm. I got to the office like before seven one day, which is bonkers, uh, and it's amazing. Those first few hours are wonderful, like you said. Like I can get uh, stuff that requires high energy done. Yeah, and I just there just seems it's it's weird because like if I get in early, I get a really big boost in the morning where I get a bunch of stuff done, mm-hmm. and I don't seem to pay for it in the afternoon, hmm. which is weird. Like you'd expect like okay, like I'm more productive then, but then like I'm more tired at four o'clock, and that's not the case right. somehow. I don't know why. I feel like that one's been mentioned I probably know. the most of all of your things. The problem is, like, I, part of me hates getting up early. Part of me loves it. And the other part's like, sleeping yeah. is the best. Yep. But it's weird. Like, I slept till 10 15 today, I'll just tell you. Um, and I don't feel less tired no. than when I woke up at 4 45. Well, there's that point where you start to get more tired. It you doesn't make like sense. It feels and... like I should be like, ah, I'm, I just slept 11 hours. I feel like a million dollars. And I kind of do, but like, I'm just yawning right now. And like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I understand. There might be a thing like sleeping too much. That might be real. I might be doing it. You might be doing that sometimes. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I've definitely toyed around with the waking up early thing, and it, it's amazing, and it's really hard to commit to and continue doing. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. Um, what did you do poorly that you should stop doing? 
I think I could have cut scope earlier with the form linter. Okay. There were some pieces of it that I was like, this is going to be cool to have. And eventually, like as it got closer and closer to the podcast, which is when I really wanted to ship by, I was like, we yeah. don't really need this right away. Like this can go out without this. And I realized that was true for like six different things. And mm-hmm. so I just moved a bunch of cards out of there finally. And I was like, okay, what's really, what really needs to happen? And it was like just these three things. And I was like, okay, cool. We're done. So that could have been, I mean, it's never too early to cut a whole bunch of scope. <laughs> Maybe is the lesson there. What uh, Chad just put out a post that was fail first or fail right away or something along those lines. It was slightly different, but the idea of starting from that like zero place of we're not going to allow it. Well, okay, but yeah, I guess we've got some room in the scope for some stuff and I guess we could fit this and I guess we could fit this Mm -hmm. starting with the absolute bare minimum MVP Mm -hmm. and then feel free to layer on after that. That's kind of the nature of the game, but start with the minimum thing that you think can be it and always hard to do. We should link to that post. That was a good one. That was a great post. I liked it. What are your plans for next week? I think we're getting pretty close to finalizing how the product team is going to look. So I'd like to have that like wrapped up in, in progress. That is the biggest thing. Beyond that, I'm not sure. I have ideas for what the activation uh, stuff is going to look like on FormKeep, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'm going to have designer availability for that for a couple weeks. So uh, I'm not 100% sure. It's All just right. going to have to be a surprise next week when I tell you what I did. Uh, and lastly, what's your MRR, up or down from last week? Uh, what, similar to your, your caveat uh, of that who knows if this is correct or not, I, I'm apparently down 1% or $83 to 7272 7272. All right. We'll see if that holds. We will see. Hopefully not, because it's bullshit. Pissed me off. (laughs) Hopefully not. It'd be funny if I just refreshed the page and I was like, guess what? You made a whole bunch more money. We'll see. Okay. I think that's it. Neato. Cool. Today's show was produced and edited by Tom the Panopticon Obarski. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to giantrobots.fm slash 198. Oh my God, we're almost at 200. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.